Good evening. Welcome. It is Sunday night and it is the Independence Gang. Of course, tonight is the more casual, laid back, a little bit less uh, formal version of the show. We call it Sunday Night Leftovers because what Britt and I have found is that during the course of the week, we can only get to about one fifth of the stuff that we actually prepare to talk about. And then we find ourselves with stacks like this left on our desk every night. So some of this stuff needs to be talk, talked about, Britt, even though we didn't have time during the week. Yeah, I think we need to talk about that you're not shaving for the Sunday shows. Yeah, that's so, true. I mean, there's even that. You're letting that go also. And I got this flip um, and, thing going with the hair, too. I don't know if you noticed that's going to flip. I can't do it because it's backwards in the camera, but it's like flipped up. Oh, um, well, yeah, it's like, remember in the 70s when you, we would feather our hair? It, yeah, it was more 80s, but yeah. It, our 80s. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. It was probably 80s. Yeah, yeah. We would feather our hair back. Yeah, it'd be mean, parted in the middle, parted in the middle, feathered on the, to the sides. Yeah, you yeah, should exactly. do, you should do okay. that. You'd look really good like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so let me tell you what I'm doing. Oh, because no. my hair is super long. I haven't had a haircut in like two months, yeah. three months. Yeah. And um, I made a comment about I'm going to grow a mullet, and my kids double dog dare me to <laughs> get a mullet. So I said, all right, I'm doing it. And then, of course, they're like, no, Dad, you can't do that. I won't want to be. So I'm definitely growing a mullet Patrick Swayze style. Nice. I like I'm, it. And then, and then I'm taking my kids out in public. Oh, I like it. I like that a lot. You're going to have to film that for us and make sure you're filming <laughs> the reaction of your kids because we can have a lot of fun with it. I want to say hello to uh, a noob to the show, Tango Hotel Productions. Welcome to the program. Great to have you along with us tonight as we... Uh, as we explore some of the things that not only happened in the weekend, hotel productions, but also some some of the things that uh, happened last week, and maybe even a preview of what's coming up. Uh, I, I wonder what kind of productions Tango Hotel is. Oh, that's a good question. I'm sure. Tango, what kind of productions do you do? Does it involve Ron Jeremy? Is that curiosity? <laughs> does, does Ron he, does Ron Jeremy do productions anymore? I mean, he seems like he's uh, past his prime a little bit. Uh, Ron Jeremy's actually in jail right now. Oh, really? And you would know that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it was, I'm, I live here in Hollywood, so it was a big deal. He went to jail, a Me Too movement, um, and I think he got nailed for assault. Oh, jeez. On a female. Oh, yeah, boy. yeah. He went down the rabbit hole, unfortunately. Yikes! But. Uh, Anyway, I guess we should move on to politics instead of Tango Hotel's production company. Yeah, let's do that. And by the way, we are trying to pay attention to your questions in the chat room, so please feel free to to uh, put them there. If we don't see them right away, just ask again or whatever, and we'll try to address them as we can. But the first thing I want to talk about is this report that uh, kind of uh, was leaked, and I'm not sure who to believe at this point, on the Sunday news programs today. Um, Iran State Television reported today that uh, Iran had agreed to free four, that's free, four American prisoners in exchange for four Iranian prisoners being held in the U.S. and also uh, the release of billions in frozen Iranian dollars. So according to Iran, the United States has agreed to release four prisoners and billions of dollars that we've been, uh, been um, I guess, has been, have been frozen uh, in the United States in exchange for four Americans. Now, the U.S. State Department has replied saying, unfortunately, this report is untrue. There's no agreement to release the four Americans. We are working very hard to get them released. We've raised this with Iran and are in uh, our intermediaries all the time. But there's so far, there's no agreement to bring these four Americans home. Who do you believe, Britt? Who do you believe in this? 
Um, well, I, pretty much what we're going to do is we're just going to give them the $4 billion and that'll be it. Um, because that's what the Biden-Obama administration do. They, they support terrorism around the world because they like chaos. Uh, do we know who the four Americans are? I don't know, and I'm not even sure it says it in this article. It doesn't discuss who they are. We'd have to look that so up, maybe get a little more detail on it. But, yeah, it's not it's not here. But they do. the article goes on to talk about other negotiations going on as far as the Iranian nuclear deal go. The whole thing is ridiculous. I don't we, know. We, we had How Iran isolated. Well, we had Iran isolated. We have them on right. the ropes. We are in the driver's seat, or we were. And right now it seems like we're giving all that up. We're giving it all away. We're allowing the international community to dictate our policy, and we're giving Iran. Same thing we gave them, as you pointed out, during the Obama administration. We are going to be giving them a pallet full of cash that will be flown in in the cover of darkness, and uh, right. they'll just start cheating again. Yeah, I don't – I mean – this whole, I mean, so I've listened and read quite a few books from ex-CIA people, ex-special ops people, ex-military you know, military type stuff. Um, you know, and, and when you're over in those foreign countries and they're kidnapping people and whatnot for ransom, like uh, uh, France just paid like $3.5 million to get one of their citizens back. Uh, Spain uh, will drop millions of dollars at a heartbeat. So will Germany. So when they kidnap a group of people, Whenever they find that they have Americans, they release the Americans because what normally happens when they get Americans is they get a SEAL team up their ass that comes in and kills everybody in their village <laughs> and gets our person back. And so but now that Biden's in office, maybe they know, hey, you know what? It's a different regime now um, that likes to give us money. So we'll just snatch a few Americans and uh, and uh, uh, see if we can get some money out of them, too, like we do all the other Western countries. I personally don't agree with this. We don't. I, if I, I'm putting this on record now. If I'm ever kidnapped by the Iranians, which I'll never be over there, but if I'm ever <laughs> okay. kidnapped by the Iranians, do not pay for my release. Send a damn SEAL team. And if I die in the process, I die in the process. But that will save many more lives down the road when they decide not to kidnap Americans when we're abroad. That's the only way we, that's the only way we, we, we can be safe abroad. Well, so. I mean, our policy, our longstanding policy has been that we do not negotiate with terrorists or kidnappers or, you know, rogue regimes. And I can't imagine that we should start doing that. Uh, however, the, uh, Obama did it. I know that there was some prisoner exchange uh, negotiations. In fact, we lease, released a whole bunch of bad guys from Gitmo in one of those exchanges. Yeah. Um so I'm not sure what they're doing here. I do want to say hello to Denise. Denise is also a new uh uh, participant in our chat room. So welcome, Denise, to the program. Great to have you. Hello, Denise. Yeah, great to have you along with us as well. I, I see some other uh, names. Forgive me if I, I, I'm going to say hello to all of our regulars just in a big group because uh, otherwise we'd be here a for a while. You. But yeah, yeah, it's a bunch of them. Thank so you. So I'm just curious, in, I'm, cur I'm curious in chat what they think about paying for people who get kidnapped by terrorists or whatever. And Chad, I mean, just put. I mean, are you for this in general? And let's I'm let's divide that. Let's divide into two okay. questions. One is. Are you for uh, negotiating and maybe paying ransom to terrorists? But then also, are you uh, for negotiating and paying ransom to con to other governments like the Iranian government? Kind of because like they're a little yeah, bit we, different. Let's see what you think there. That's right. Because we pay the Iranian government to get our people back. And it's like, so you have our people. Give us our damn people back. No, we don't want to. Okay, we'll do like Reagan did to Gaddafi. We'll put a tomahawk right through your bedroom window. How's that, <laughs> Mr. Ayatollah? Um I don't know. Me, me in general, I just have a hard time. I, I prefer the, you know, blow them up and let them learn the lesson that way. But again, but if you back out to the 30,000 feet bigger picture, you know, they need, 
the world order needs the Middle East in, in turmoil because it allows them to work in that chaos and do what they want with the gases and the natural and the minerals that they're extracting from the mines and um, whatnot. So a little more conspiracy theory, but, you know, when there's all that chaos going on, you know, the Soros types of the world get to work their magic and make their money and yada, yada, yada. So I'm not for that. So Hillary. Hillary Clinton keeps coming up in the news. I don't understand this. In all honesty, who gives a shit what Hillary Clinton thinks anymore? First of all, she was a mediocre at best senator from New York, a role that she got by being an opportunist. Uh, then she became a secretary of state where she was really a disaster. Uh, remember, Benghazi happened under her watch. Um, nothing of any significance or real consequence happened under her watch, other than the fact that she set up a private server and took U.S. state secrets and emails, stored them on a server in her bathroom, and when Congress subpoenaed them, she deleted them all or had them deleted, uh, which is uh, an unbelievable violation of the law and uh, national security, I and mean, she was never held accountable for that. And then she ran for president. People didn't like her. So... I find it interesting that she was asked, she's asked anything to begin. That, that, that's curious to me, but she was asked um, how she scores Joe Biden's first hundred days. And she said, um, you know, she gives him an A and she went on to give her reasons. One of those is that people don't have to worry all the time. They don't have to hold their breath when they see their president on television. Treat me back to 33 Station. We didn't treat each other like family. We are family. Just a great friend is our, our whole time. Uh, and Greg Weaver, Jr., uh, Greg, you're, you are family. Uh, I mean, excuse me, Blake is family. And Mary Kate, what a lovely kid. And the new Acela Trains, the sets that you see behind me. A community dedicated that was a professional. If you shut down all passenger service on Amtrak's Northeast Carter, the projects that compensate for the loss of this two-thirds would support existing Amtrak routes and the way and they're working on transit on trains. I was thinking about America, Amtrak's role as I said on my birthday when they allowed me to come home and blow out that candle. You know, the fact of the matter is if we were able to, which is now beyond the ability to pay for it. When we were, when I was vice president with Barack, he allowed me to put together a budget for Amtrak. And it had money for high-speed rail at 200 miles an hour from, from, uh, uh, Char excuse me, from Charlotte, one, another line going from, in Florida, down to Tampa, another line, if we had moved, Gov, We'd have that tunnel fixed in New York now. The money was there to get it done. Thank God people don't have to hold their breath when they see their president on television anymore. <laughs> Thank God. Oh, my God. You know, I noticed all the blowing in the microphone. I thought it was Mother Nature, but that was probably just him because he was talking about that child. I mean, he got that <laughs> name right. So maybe he was, maybe that was, the sound was him sniffing really hard. Um yeah, I mean, no, we, more, no more mean tweets. No more mean tweets. We have no more mean tweets. Oh, shut up. Hey, just real quick. One thing that uh, Tango Hotel said, uh, which when two liars are speaking, which liar do you believe between Biden and Iran? I mean, great observation. That which, is <laughs> it's an excellent observation. That's the point here. I suspect when it going back to that, that particular discussion, I suspect that the Iranians let something slip that they probably shouldn't. Maybe it was a little premature, but I bet that deal is is underway. 
and uh, we probably so are going to be paying for some from hostages to return and we'll get that news at some point um you know how much they're paying i don't know and you know who these who these Iranian prisoners are? I don't know either, but I suspect that that's probably more likely the truth because the State Department official that denied it didn't say it wasn't something they had been talking about. It didn't say that we would never do that. What he says was there's no agreement, which almost implies that he's talking about it, that they are actually in yep. fact negotiating this, and there just hasn't been a final agreement yet. So John, um, Kerry, John Kerry is over there working his magic, doing his thing, and he's telling the Ayatollah, "Hey, we'll give you we'll give you four point six billion dollars, but you got to slide a couple million to my family and the big guy's family." That's what's going the, on right now. The big guy. <laughs> the big guy. The guy, we got to get some money for the big guy. You know, he's got that cheesy four hundred thousand dollar a year president's job. Denise says that yeah, uh, we shouldn't negotiate with bullies, whether they're foreign or they're domestic terrorists. She said that having been said, she'd want her loved ones back. See, that's the dichotomy of the whole idea there is that, of course, if you're the families of those people, you'd, you'd want them to do anything necessary to bring them home. And I can certainly understand that sentiment. Um, and I, I but but once you do it once, they'll expect it. And then what will happen is more and more people will be kidnapped, more and more people will be held and hostage and imprisoned. And that's what happens. I mean, they they look for Spaniards, French, and Germans because those countries pay. But you probably get treated a little better because they know they're going to cash in on you. But yeah. But when you kidnap an American, you get a SEAL team up your ass, and so they tend to leave. once they realize they have an American, they go oh, get yeah, get rid of him. <laughs> unless unless it's a high value target, but yeah. The uh, our foreign affairs are so. So you're up. back. You're back to Mister Half Glass Half Empty. I see. Mm, no, I, I wobble back and forth. Do you? You know, I see something. Yeah, I see some things that make me go, okay, we might be doing all right. Well, you know, we're, we're going to kind of pull out of this. I mean, I have to say that I was listening to Glenn Beck uh, this morning, and um, he was uh, talking about – he did a whole he, – he purposely did a whole show on good news. And uh, there's some stuff going on out there with, you know, on school boards where parents are showing up and pushing back. We talked about that one article or that one scene where that school board got run out. Um, I got some. I, 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 there was some more backstory on that that finally came through that I found, and basically what happened is uh, when those people showed up, the school board people ran out the back door and left. So they left it, <laughs> oh but they God. didn't proper they didn't properly close the meeting, so the meeting was still officially open. And however all those rules work, and I, whether what they did is going to stick or not, I don't know. But 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 that's that stuff's happening. There's a there's a city in in uh, Texas called Stateside where. Uh, the school board was starting to go down the road of this critical race theory and blending it in. And, um, you know, and this is the, one of the richest suburbs in Texas, I think it's called stateside. And when you look at the school statistics from white to black to Brown to Asian, they're all the same. There's no disparity on a percentage basis. There's no, it's not like all the whites are getting there doing all the grades and the blacks are all failing. It's like, they're all even, they're all doing great. Um, but the school board is, you know, to get some federal money that the federal wow. the federal government is, and this is a super rich school board. The guy they had on is a as a recently retired colonel from the army, and he goes, I thought I was going to go into private life and just you know fish off my boat all day long, but I have my new mission now, and my job is to correct our school board. But they got people there. They're, I mean, they are literally going after these school board people and telling them. No more do you get the free pass. Do you get just because you've been? We reelect you just because you've been there because we know you're. We are now looking at you. We are, and 
they're starting to change stuff. Well, I have to and that's say, what's I have I to say that stuff and it's like grassroots. The problem, yes. the problem with, with anything that relates to school boards is they are volunteer positions and there is very little prestige involved. It's a lot of hard work and you get flack from all sides. So getting people to run for school board uh, positions is almost impossible. And frequently, and I don't know what it's like around where you are, but here we'll have uh, school board elections and they'll, they'll be begging people to run because they can't get candidates. Nobody wants that headache. It's You don't get paid for it, and you probably shouldn't, but you don't. Um, so the only people that run are the radicals that that, that have some axe to grind or some, you know, whether they, they want to introduce critical race theory or something. They have an agenda. They're not just there yeah. to do something you know, altruistic for the students and the kids in the district. That's not their goal. So that's how you get in office. Yeah, I, I know here in the city that I live in, I mean, we're behind the orange curtain, which has gone blue in California, but it's not completely blue yet. Um, we have some pretty uh, right of center people on the school board still. And, uh, you know, the, the activists go in there. But what, I, but, but what I have noticed, because everything happens on Facebook, you know, on the city talk that I'm in or the city talk you're in, insert city name. I don't want to say where you live, but, um, but we're starting to get parents showing up going, what are you doing? No, 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 no. I'm here and I'm telling you, I have a child here and no, you do not. And so the parents are getting involved or, or, but for, for my sake, they're backing up. They're going, the fact that you did that, don't worry about the flack you're getting from the national groups or the statewide groups. We're here to back you. We vote for you. We will, you know, so they're supporting them and they're keeping the, the, the theory out. The, what do they call it? Critical, critical race theory out. Yeah. All that racist crap. So, but that's, I, I look at that and Glenn Beck did a whole story on that, the whole hour on good news. It's like, okay, I mean, people are starting to wake up, starting to go, whoa, what's going on here? And, you know, we're still going to hit hard when we hit the bottom, but maybe it won't be as hard as I'm thinking. Hmm. Maybe it won't knock your eye teeth out. No, the problem with give you a the problem with the system you hit on it uh, in the beginning of the discussion is that you know the federal government waves all these billions of dollars in front of your face, and if you want the money, you've got to do what they tell you to do, and those things tend to be more uh, along the lines of the things that the local district would eliminate if, they, if it was possible. But if you want the money, then you got to comply. And that's what happens. And that's why we should decentralize education. The federal government should not be doing any of these things when it comes to education. They should be out of it. Should be out of it. Yeah. And while we're on education, this is an article I was going to bring up a couple, a couple shows ago. Uh, Virginia is moving to eliminate all accelerated math courses before the 11th grade as part of equal, equal, equity focused plan so their idea of making it better for the black kids is to dumb down the asian slash white kids instead of having a uh, an expectation or having classes to help the black kids improve themselves i will tell you this i looked at the test scores at that city in 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 texas when the story went down and I mean, the black kids that are in the honor rolls level are the same percentages as the white kids. So I'm sorry, but the black kids are pretty damn smart and they can do it if they have the right uh, support and the right motivation. So there's no reason for a school like Virginia to dumb it down, increase the demand. I, I, I Go ahead. I this has, this has nothing to do with race. That's the problem. No. This has to do with 
parental support for students. This has to do with expectations and um, and a culture that has decided at some point that we're not going to reward people based on merit, but we're going to make them victims based on skin color. That's what this is about. Uh, there's no justification for changing a system that takes students who are gifted, regardless regardless of their backgrounds, their their racial background, their religious background, whatever it happens to be, and doesn't give them an opportunity to not only excel, but but excel on a on a on a, an accelerated basis because they're capable of it. This is how we get ahead as a nation by finding our brightest and giving them an opportunity to advance is the word I'm looking for, to advance in the system faster and at a higher level. Those are our doctors. Those are our brain surgeons. Those are our rocket scientists. Those are the ones. And I don't care who they are. Everyone's able to try to get there. And if you're if you're willing to put the work in and you're willing to put the effort in and you're and you're willing to commit yourself to it, you have a pretty good shot of getting there. That's really all it takes is the commitment to doing it. Right. Uh, and it's sad that uh, I mean, I mean, Ben Carson came out of the projects, grew up in the projects, came out of the projects and became a doctor, became a brain surgeon, became, you know, I mean, ran for president, you know, became HUD secretary. I mean, he went places and he came out of the projects and he's always said he wasn't a spe he wasn't special. He was just had a mom that kept him focused um, and he stayed focused and did it. You know, all this stuff that's going around right now with this critical race theory, they're screaming institutional racism, uh, black kids, black people don't have a shot. It's the the weights on their neck. And, and, and I and I go, you know, that, that's a great bumper sticker saying, but what does that mean? What's yeah, the deeper means, meaning? Yeah. What, why, 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 why? That's the question you need to ask. And that's what I always ask people when they say it. Why? Institutional racism is keeping the black man down. Why is there institutional racism? What specifically do you mean by institutional racism? And you can boil it back to the education. They have the worst education system in these big cities. And the kid, and that's where the vast majority of the black Americans are in these big cities that have been dominated by democratic rule for a hundred years, run by the unions for a hundred years that are just graduating kids that can't read their own diploma. Whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? Is that my fault? Is that your fault, JV? Is that Doug Stack's fault? In yes, chat? it's Doug Stack's fault. Yes. Yes. Um, thank you so for bad. thank Bites you thank you for pointing <laughs> that out. It's definitely Doug's fault. Yes. But my, but you know, is it is it any one of our individual faults? No, because we don't control this the population centers where the vast majority of Africa uh, of Black Americans live. And it's in the Democrats for a hundred years for a lot of these cities. And it's all about education. They have to have a good education system. And it's not about giving it more money, more money, more money. It's the fact that, oh, we broke that. We broke down the, the two family parent unit with all the government giveaways, the section eight housing, the food stamps, the little bit of a stipend of money, the Medi-Cal or Medicare, whatever you guys call it over there in your side of the world. All that stuff has made the women not have to have a man in the house to help supplement income. And it also has released the man from that responsibility to take care of their kids because if he moves in, they lose all that. And there's no reason. So now you got single parent. It's just this weird, vicious cycle that when you just go, why? I, that's, why that's why I always ask, why? 
Why is there systematic racism? Well, the education. Well, why is the education so messed up? Because well, the kids don't. Well, why are there so many gangs? Because there's no fathers at home. Well, why are there no fathers at home? Uh, you know, it, it boils back to handout. There's a there's a there was a meme that was going around. That, same subject line. Uh, uh, it's a big. It's a billboard that is in. I want to say it's Oklahoma somewhere. It could be Texas, and it is these Comanche Indians with the big, the chief, the big feather dress, and they're on horseback with their guns. And the saying is, we're here from the government. Give us your guns. We'll take care of you. Mm -hmm. So we, so I thought about that because it was pretty profound to me when you look at it that way. We have a case study to look at and research on what happens to a people when the government gives them everything. The Indian Bureau of Affairs on the reservations, they don't, they get their stipend of check. They, they don't have to work. And you go in and you go on to, have you driven through a reservation lately, JV? Well, there's. I have. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of them, but I have. And they are horrible. So we have a case study. And I've read some of the studies that they've done on them over the years. It's pretty bad. And when you don't, humans need meaning. The men need to go out and gather and hunt and bring the food in and protect the family. And, and the mothers, women, they need to nurture and bring life into this world and raise it. And we need that meaning. And when a third party steps in to do it for you and you can just lay about, we become like Wally. There are a lot of case studies that illustrate that when you provide, when you provide the numbing effect of social programs to a society the people lose their purpose they lose their pride they lose their ambition they lose all of the things that drive those people to excel become the best they can and to take care of their families the best way they can they lose all of that you drive around upstate new york is a great example you drive around the you know a lot of these liberal states and it's a wasteland because they not only have they done that to good portions of their communities, but they've also uh, regulated businesses to the point where the businesses that provide those jobs and opportunities have left as well. So it's a it's a it's a double edged sword, and they're swinging it both ways. And regardless of which direction it's going, it's cutting, and it's hurting. And uh, that's what happens for sure. That's what's happening. Yeah, it, and it, and it's there for us to see. Um, watch. Now you know I had mentioned. Uh, when when you first started talking here, that uh, I was a little concerned that you'd move back to the glass half empty side of the these conversations, and I don't know if this changes it for you at at all, but we should definitely talk about it because Liz Cheney, who's the number three Republican in the House of Representatives, that is amazingly disgusting. It is amazing because not only did she and, and listen. I don't even know how to say this. She was she was one of the cheerleaders for the impeachment of Donald Trump the second time. Yep. And I don't care what your personal view of that was. The fact that that, that particular impeachment, the, the man was out of office, which effectively made it unconstitutional. There's so many reasons that you shouldn't have supported it. I won't even go down the road. However, I will say this. As number three in the Republican caucus in the House of Representatives, you have a national responsibility to all Republicans. And when you abdicate that responsibility, which is what I think she did in that particular case, then you don't deserve to be part of the leadership anymore. And not only did she did she do that, but she continues to 
criticize Donald Trump. And again, I don't care. You, you, you're completely allowed to have your own personal beliefs when it comes to Trump or any other politician. And if you don't like what he did, that's fine. But don't become a wrecking ball to the party that looks to you for leadership. And that's what she's doing. In addition to uh, to supporting Trump's impeachment, she also criticized a memo that um, a, a representative, Jim Banks, wrote saying that the Republican Party needs to focus on issues that the working class in America considers to be important, such as immigration and trade. I've read this memo, and and a lot of uh, a lot of folks in the media, the conservative media, have read it, and it is a fantastic overview of how the post-Trump presidency Republican Party should be focusing its efforts. I think it's great work, and you can disagree with it with it if you want to, but she calls it neo-Marxist. Who is this woman? And I say that rhetorically, but who is this woman to be the third ranking Republican in the House of Representatives, but then be swinging a sledgehammer at everything Republican around her? I I hope she loses this uh, this leadership role and she'll probably end up becoming a Democrat after it. Yeah, probably. Um, she looks like she's also going to uh, lose her primary. Um, and then she'll probably or, run as a Dem. Uh, that's fine. Let her she'll still lose. I mean, Montana's not going to not going to elect a. A Liz Cheney Republican or Democrat Liz Cheney, um, that's fine. She, uh, I mean, if you just look at Liz Cheney's, I mean, I know you like her husband Dick Cheney, and uh, and whatnot. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't have. Any I didn't. Well, uh, what do you mean you know I like her husband Dick Cheney? That's her father, first of all. But secondly, oh, I'm sorry, father. Did I say husband? That yeah, was weird. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, but thought, secondly, because well, I, I had. Because I had dogged the Cheneys, and you said no, 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 no. Oh, I think I think Dick Cheney, Dick Cheney was was a, a very effective. An intelligent vice president, but that's the only context that I can put it in. I don't like him, dislike him okay. personally. It's, it's that was too long ago for me to even remember how I would feel, and and the dynamics of everything has changed so much that I'm not sure if I saw him in today's uh, Republican Party fighting one side or the other, then I could give you a, a conclusion on that. But at the time, I thought he was good at what he was doing. Yeah, and fact checker Doug Stack corrected me. She's in Wyoming, not Montana. Yeah. Right. So my bad. I stand corrected. Um, she is a. She hasn't met a war that she hasn't liked. She is hardcore part of the establishment. I mean, she grew up in the politics and the doing stuff behind the scenes. Help with me out dad. with this, you're though. Gonna, Help yeah. me out because I don't understand this. When you say she hasn't met a war she hasn't liked, what are you talking about specifically? If you, if you go back and look at, if you look at, if you go back and look at her history. Uh, and there's, you know, I'll try and find the article I saw on it. They really went through and they bullet pointed all of her uh, thoughts, processes on various causes, even before she was in office, because she was politically active before she was in office. Um, and she has been for all of the, you know, the the Iraqi wars, the Afghan wars, the incursions here, the incursions there. Um, I guess she, I, I guess pretty, I need more details on that because I'm I was for the yeah. Iraqi war and I was for the Afghan war and I'm still for the those troops not leaving Afghanistan. That's my personal yeah. side of this thing. So I don't that doesn't disqualify her in my book. Well, then you're then okay. Then fine, you should vote for her because well, I don't want to vote for her because no, <laughs> Brit. It's not about those. Those aren't the only issues in the in the hopper here. There's a lot of things that we need to look at, and I think I just made a pretty clear case of why I wouldn't support her. She's not a good. So why? So why do you think she's going after Trump so hard? I don't know. I I, I don't understand that. I, 
is there something to hide there that Trump was having the team dig into when he was in office? So he can't come back and the America first types can't get into office because they'll start looking under stones. They shouldn't. I mean, there's, I, there's I have, something I have no there. idea. I would my only guess if I had to guess something, I would say that because she's an establishment Republican and because her father was the vice president and she probably, you know, um, cut her political teeth based on his contacts and his yeah. his uh political beliefs i think she's probably just a, a, a just an institutional republican and doesn't like anyone upsetting that apple cart i think that's probably it uh but that you know those are the dinosaurs in the republican party and if you're a leader Man, I could if you're a leader in the house of representatives especially today given how tight everything is you have an obligation to put that stuff aside and work for the benefit of the party and the people who are relying on you to block a radical legislation, legislative agenda, and to block this craziness that is taking over our federal government. And doing what you're doing, Liz Cheney, is not only counterproductive, it's destructive. And you should be embarrassed. And you should not return to the House of Representatives. And I hope you don't. <laughs> well, I can agree with all of that. Um, I just, uh, uh, for me, the... I am not anti-hawk, but I am not into these forever wars. I'm not into. Can I, let me ask you a question. Let me interview Britt for a second. Let me interview Britt for here for a minute here. <laughs> Do you consider what's going on in Afghanistan still to be a war right now? Before the you know before any changes in troop levels or anything, but the last couple uh, of years, yeah, because we still we still have guys over there pulling triggers and you know drone strikes and stuff like that. Not a single U.S. soldier died is, last year in Afghanistan. Not yeah. one. Um, our role there has been almost exclusively support for the Afghan army as they fight the Taliban. We have very right. little active combat roles in Afghanistan at this yeah. point. Not, not none, but very few. Um, we went in there. We, we needed to go in there to eliminate Al-Qaeda and uh, the terrorist cells that were there. We had to do it. Um, do you not feel as though we have a bit of an obligation to the innocent Afghanis that are there to not allow that country to descend into chaos if all it requires is 3,500 American troops just to provide a support role for the Afghan army? So you're okay with the I'm other 50-something? I'm not taking a position. I'm asking you a question. Um, no, get them out. We were there. We've been there long enough. We've spent enough money. We've built it. We've rebuilt enough roads, enough schools. What about we've given them their shot? They, they what have about, to want it. My, my point is this: is they have to want it. They have to want the freedom. They want to. They have. Have to you want the interviewed life. any rank and file Afghanis? Or are you just looking at what the Taliban and what these terrorist organizations are doing and assuming that nobody wants it? Um, no, have I personally? No, but I mean, no, have I you seen anything? Off. I mean, have you? Have you? Yeah. And the and the Afghans yeah, I mean, they I, don't I, want they don't want the stability. Is that what you learned? Uh, what I'm saying is, well, no. I mean, if, you, if they go and they ask them, and they you go, well, do you want to be able to run your own government? Do you want to? Uh, do you want to? Uh, 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 have safety and freedom? Of course, they say yes. But that's but but that's not. We've been there 20 years. How long do we do it for before they take the reins and go? Well, I'd say we, I mean, if the answer to that, and I'm not saying this is my answer to it, but the answer to it would be when they're, when they're able to stand on their feet and not be overrun by the Taliban, the minute we run in, we leave. That would probably be the answer. So 
so what you're saying then is is that we as America have to keep people around the world all the time. Well, we do now. We already do that. I'm not. I'm not good with that either. Okay. Well, then that's consistent. I mean, but we do that. Yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not good with that. I'm not good with that either. I mean, I get the whole NATO thing and the NATO deployment, but those countries, you know, they're supposed to be paying their fair share. But, but my point is, is in all these, I, we 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 can't. What we learned in Iraq the first go around when we when we toppled Saddam and all this stuff, and we tried to give them freedom, Americanized freedom. They all say they want it. And then as soon as we pull back, it descended into their typical chaos because it's all tribes. It's tribal. No, it's I understand. Not, yeah, I understand that you know, our, our version of freedom does not work in every place around the world. And I don't – I just – we've been there a long time. And at some point, you have to hand the reins back to them and say, okay, we've, we've given you all new equipment. We've trained your army. We've trained your police. Now go govern and do your thing. So okay. we well, don't live there. None of us live there. So who are we to give to force on them our style of But we're not government. We're not. All right now all we're doing is providing support for the Afghan army as they battle the Taliban. That's what we're doing. We're not making we're not we're not uh creating governments. We're not um you know, we're not doing those things. We did those things. We're not doing those things now. I want to just show you something else, though, that's kind of important in this discussion as well. And this is just, you know, again, this is just a sharing of ideas it's not it's not necessarily a debate no. but when you look at this look at where afghanistan is yeah it's right in the middle of shitsville yeah we we killed osama bin laden and and destroyed many al-qaeda fighters and cells in pakistan because they they hide in hide in pakistan iran is the largest supporter of terrorism in the world uh, Turkmenistan and Tajikistan, they're basically all Russian satellites. I mean, there's there's really no difference between them and Russia. Uh, this is a pretty strategic place. And letting it descend into but, chaos is not in American security's best interest, is my opinion. How long do we keep paying for it? I mean, As, we can't make well, we, overspent right now. Okay, I, mean, I agree like, with you. I agree with you. However, we do have an obligation. In fact, one of the only obligations the, the federal government has is to provide national security. So we have to pay for national security agenda items, whatever they are, whatever the list is. That's one of the things that I actually am okay with the federal government spending on, money on is national security and uh, and military and making sure that there aren't uh, terror cells developing around the world. They're going to fly planes into our buildings again in five years. I'm okay with that spending. This is true. And, and, and just so we're clear here, uh, I'm fine with us having special forces outposts around the world and recon units and whatnot. But having, you know big bases that make us targets. Now we haven't had anybody die lately, but you know, it still happens from time to time. And that is part of the cost of just having a military. We are targets. Um, but we are as a country paying all of the contractors that are on the ground over there. We're paying for them, the Blackwater types that are out doing the stuff that we got rid of our, that we pulled our army out of. We pulled our military out and we backfilled it with private security is basically is what So Doug says we provide national security for our nation, not Turkmenistan. I don't disagree. And I don't think Brit disagrees either. However, you know, there are places in the world where if we allow 
political adversaries, ge geopolitical adversaries to take control, it makes us a less secure nation. We saw that happen. Okay, okay I'm going to come at this from a different standpoint. Because this, I also agree with. Do that, if and then let's do that, and it, do that, and then let's move on because we spent too much time on this. Eh, if we, I'm having a great conversation with you. I agree, but uh, I have a lot of other we, things I want to cover, and I don't want to be here till two in the morning. Oh, we don't want to do Monday leftovers. No. Um, <laughs> so, if we were to stay there, if we stay there, then we need to mine the minerals there because in those mountain ranges. Is our, our coal, our, our rare earth minerals, the cobalts for batteries, the uh, uh, what do they use to make the microchips out of? Silicon. Um, no, there's there's a there's a special material in there, and, you, and right now they only get it out of a Chinese mountain range, but it's also in the Afghanistan mountain range, and we're not mining any of that stuff. And if we're gonna stay there, we should mine that shit to offset our costs for being there, and also help the Afghanis by building their roads and their schools and their whatnot. Kind of like what Trump did in Syria, keep the oil. We're going to keep the oil and sell it to offset our costs and improve your neighborhoods. At that point, I could, I would probably be okay with that. I still think it's crazy we're putting Americans at risk uh, forever, but I get it. And then at least that way, it's maybe turning into a profit center because that's what America does well. We spend money. But let's try and get some backflow of money from something else. And we need those minerals. We need those minerals. So so get a mining company in there. Let's mine some stuff and, you know, offset some of this cost. So there you go. I almost, I almost clicked on the train. Uh, almost did it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start a new thing. This is going to be a new thing. I'm not going to decide when the train pulls out of the station. I'm going to let chat decide when the train should pull out of the station. So when you guys hear Brit board the train to Crazyville Junction or Conspiracy Town Junction, whatever the hell it is, you let me know and I will, I'll hit the button. Chat's going to make those decisions from now on. <laughs> I, I'm going to, I'm going to predict. agree with that, at least making money? No, I, I just, I just don't, I don't think there's, that's ethical for us to go in and take their stuff in exchange for, I mean, I think that we should go in and we should set up, we should set up, whether it's, we bring in uh, existing corporations to do the mining, we provide, you know, make sure they have enough security to be able to do that, to put those goods on the market. We could be the best, their first customer, their best but customer, those goods need but to we come can't. To the yeah. I mean, but those goods we, need to come to the American market, not sure. the Chinese market. No, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I just, but we can't steal them. We can't take them from the people that. You know, no, no, I'm not saying steal. I'm saying, so say we have, say we have five thousand. <laughs> we're not going to get off this cost, topic, and, are we? No, we're not. And, no, and it's and it's say, and I'm just keeping the number simple. Say it costs a hundred thousand dollars. So we go and we have these corporations or whatever. We're mining the materials, and we we then pay for the hundred thousand dollars for the year security budget, whatever it is, and then whatever's over that. We then start rebuilding their roads, rebuilding their schools, which we're doing anyways that you and I are paying for. We can't rebuild our own damn schools, but, you know, we'll rebuild other people's schools. But we use the money for that. And then we, as Americans, we are getting the cobalt. We are getting the – I can't remember the name of the material, but it's super rare, and China has the corner on the market. We need to break that corner. And then I would be okay with it because it's then helping us in America, and it's also helping the Afghanis. They get the security, they get the new roads, they get the new schools. If you would just buy we, more, if you would just stop bitching and buy more heroin, they would be fine. 
That is true. That is true. That, <laughs> Listen, I don't recommend anybody, but, but I, it's a joke. I don't recommend no. anyone yeah. buy or do heroin, okay? Make, make no, that very clear. Uh-oh, Janine's calling for the train. Oh, oh. We're going to have to figure out a mechanism. She's got the train. We got, yeah, we're going to have to. It's going to have to be like we have to have at least three people call for the train before I fire the train. Wait, yeah, that's wrong. We've been Geneva bumping be billions, calling. if not trillions in the country. We just don't deserve the minerals. No, I, Doug, I, I'm not saying we don't deserve it. I just don't think it's ethical just to take them. Remember the whole, you know, remember the whole oil, blood for oil. Blah, blah. Remember that? Remember how ridiculous that was when we went into was, Iraq? Well, we don't do that. That was stupid. That was it. We don't, we don't invade yeah, really? a country and take their resources from them. We don't do that. I won't support that. We used to invade countries and take the land. Which That's one? That's the way wars used Which to one happen. did we do that? Which, who did we do that? No, 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 no. I said, the proverbial we as humans. Oh, well, we as humans do it all America the time. Was, we as America yeah. d d don't do it, at least. Yeah. Lithium. Lithium. Uh, Brian, uh, Brenda Murphy is coming in. Brendan. It's Brendan. Okay. You thought Brendan, Brendan was a girl Brendan? last time. It's Brendan. You really oh, need to right. get some different glasses, my friend. Well, unfortunately, you're in focus. The chat's slightly fuzzy. Yeah. You're kind of you're but kind hey, of out of focus you too. Want. You're kind of out of focus. Yeah, I don't know. My camera's out of control. I don't know what's going on there, Doug. I just have to agree with you, buddy. I don't. I, you know, you know, we didn't go in there to steal their resources. We didn't, we went there because we need to do uh, end terrorism as we know it. We did it. But the problem is, let's 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 make, put a little marker here. We're going to be back there with we, if we actually get out by September 11th, like Biden is talking about, we will be back there within three years. Or China will take a swipe at it. Or China will go in. Maybe, maybe that's and, a, that's and then what they'll happened. get killed. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? I mean, okay. Moving on. I want to. This is part B of this discussion <laughs> that we started with Liz Cheney, and it's the fact that Mitt Romney was booed at a Utah oh GOP convention. Two thousand over two thousand registered delegates of the Utah Republican Party booed him. And I think it's terrific that they did that because here's another guy who asked nationally Republicans to support him in a presidential bid. And we did. He became the party's nominee and he ran, he lost, but we supported him. We defended him. We, you know, did all the things that we do for our candidates to try to get them elected. And he now that he has moved from, where was he? He was governor of Massachusetts for a while, then he moved over to Utah, and now he's senator from Utah when he didn't win the presidential. And he, he, he also voted for Trump's impeachment, and he criticizes not just Trump, but other Republicans. He marches with Black Lives Matter. This guy needs to wake the frick up and recognize that Republicans who supported him nationally deserve more credit and more respect than that. And I don't care what your personal animosities are, Mitt Romney, but you need to step up and respect the people that put you where you are. And he's not doing that. And he said, this is what he said when he was getting booed. He said, I'm a man who says what he means. And you know, I was not a fan of our last president's character's issues. Fine. Don't be a fan of the last president's character issues. But that doesn't mean you have to, again, vote to impeach him in an unconstitutional impeachment process. And it doesn't mean you have to be vocal about criticizing him. The guy's not in office anymore. Just shut the fuck up. You said the F word. I know I did. I, I, I'm, we're going to need another train. Let's go to, to Fville station. When we, when we get a little too worked up here, Holy crap. Yeah. Mitt Romney. What a pant load. I swear he, uh, the best, uh, I want to say so many crude things that I can say on, 
bruise, bruise and bros that I can't say here about this man. Um, but he's definitely a carpetbagger. I mean, he's gone wherever he's gone to improve, you know, to advance himself. He and Hillary Clinton, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he wants to talk about Trump's character. Why don't we look at your character, Mitt? What about his backstabbing character and not keeping his word, you know? I mean, the, the, my dad lives in Utah, so I get all the juice, all the gossip about Mitt in the family. And uh, he is not liked by the Mormon church either. Um, but he's the one in power, so he's the one that's in the office till 2026. Well, he, his uh, reply to the booing was, was, you can boo all you like, all you want. I've been a Republican all of my life. My dad was the governor of Michigan, and I was the Republican nominee for president in 2012. That's why you need to show some respect to the Republicans that supported you, Mitt. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I think chat's with me on Mitt. Um, yeah, Randall, he is a D-bag. And, uh, yeah, he, it was amazing. You know that they cut his speech short, right, JV? Did you catch that? No. That the guy, if you watch the video toward, towards the end of his speech, whatever, there's a guy that comes up from backstage and comes up, taps him on the shoulder, and says, Hey, you got to get off stage. Oh, really? Yeah. So he got the hook. Wow. Um, but this is, this is a good thing. And this is what gives me hope. Oh, well, that's, that's what the these two, these two stories were. I chose them specifically because I knew you'd be going back to that glass half empty side and I needed to pull you back over here yeah. with a little optimism. Um, yeah, the, the people pushing back like that, booing him like that, I mean, it means they know. And that's that's the people in Utah that are the super politically energized. So that's not good for him. That means that means even if it's a low turnout election, he's not going to do good um, because a super politically charged always go vote. Uh, and that, that makes me happy to see because it also shoots the round across the bow of all these other Republicans that they're Republicans and they kind of lean into the rhino status. Yeah. But it makes them go, whoa. Oh, this oh, might the, be a they're Republicans do this. See which way the wind's blowing and then yeah. try to accommodate. And I'll tell you what, if even more importantly than a shot over the bow to these other rhinos or near rhinos, this might be a shot across the bow to Mitt Romney that if he has any inclination to break with the, with, uh, the Republicans in the Senate and allow any one of these pieces of radical legislation to slip through, even if they have to not walk into the Senate chamber so the Senate can't have a quorum, uh, maybe he'll recognize that that would be a big mistake. Maybe that was the message that had to be sent, and maybe it was. Hopefully. I really hope so. Um, but I do like the fact that they booed. I also have something uh, I was bringing up. This is kind of along the same lines. Uh, this bar in um, – oh, it was on the East Coast somewhere. Anyway, it's Ohio. Uh, this bar owner is uh, refusing to play any NBA games in his bars that he owns until LeBron James is removed from the NBA. And the reason that this gives me hope is that this guy is basically putting money on the line. Because if you're not playing the NBA games, especially during the championships and stuff like that, you know, you don't get the attendance in your bar. Whatnot. He's putting his own money on the line saying, no, I'm not playing this communist crap in my bar. And the more stuff that happens like that makes me happy because this is the way we push back without yeah. having to use bullets and knives, mm -hmm. and fists. Mm -hmm. This kind of going to the courts, hitting them in the pocketbook by boycotting stuff as best we can, uh, individual people making their own personal stance by not playing the NBA. I mean, if you think about it, he's just one guy with a couple of bars or whatever. 
But you know what? If there's 60, 70, 80 bar owners around the world, around the country, it's a couple hundred bars maybe. I mean, that affects. But not only that, it gives the message, puts the message out to people who are just politically dumb, not because they're dumb, but just that they're politically dumb. And they come in, they go, what do you mean? How come we're not watching the NBA games? Well, didn't you hear what LeBron James said or did or whatever? No, what are you talking? Oh, my God, he did. That. All of a sudden, the stupidity of the left starts to percolate out into the low information voters. Hmm. I will say this, that uh, we did a story on here not long ago that uh, discussed the fact that the NBA's viewership is down something like near 50% or more. So they're feeling the sting of this. And I think that uh, that all major league sports, all national sports, and even collegiate level sports, the more they introduce this wokeness and the more they introduce politics into their uh, into their events, the less people want to watch, at least our, less people like us want to watch. And that's going to hurt them. I mean, Coke has, I think Coca-Cola has learned their lesson. And I think many other corporate CEOs are looking at what happened to Coke. And they're saying, oh, we're not going to tread down those waters. And I and they shouldn't. Just stay neutral. You've got a country that's, yeah. that's very divided, but both sides have money and both sides may or may not buy your product. So just be freaking neutral and shut up and don't get involved. Yeah, just whatever you want to do in your private time, do it privately. Don't, you know, we that's the beautiful thing about America is we can do But you know what? If you don't want to lose that, 40% drop in your stock or whatever. I mean, Twitter, did you see that Twitter's down like 17% their stock is? Yeah. Because it's a wasteland now that they got rid of Trump. I mean, and it was already losing money before. Um, do, have you seen all of the news rags that have gone out of business? All the uh, the uh, ca uh, venture capital invested news rags like Vice and Vox and no. Axios. Yeah, all the, not the mainstream stuff, more of the, I mean, their their reporting does get picked up in the mainstream news, but um, they're all going under. Big layoffs, getting bought out. Huffington Post got bought out by somebody, and they laid off the entire HuffPost staff. Yeah. And of course, we're like, "Oh, what do you mean? What's going on?" Well, you got rid of your golden <laughs> calf, buddy. Yeah. Maybe you uh, shouldn't. You know. So. Well, none of that, that is good. None of that is good, though. When you know more media, more media consolidation is not what we need. I can say that. Uh, that's true, but what but what is good? is the media the the independent journals that i follow like elijah and uh uh solomon and sarah carter and i mean i could go down a list of 15 or 20 that i follow tim pool and his gang um they're definitely picking up the slack solomon and sarah uh john solomon and sarah carter definitely i mean they are dogged investigative reporters doing great stuff but you know they got run out on a rail from DC elites because they were reporting their trash. Yeah. So you have to go to their website to see their stuff and whatnot. So, so there, there's definitely a backfilling happening, but you got to get off Google to be able to see it. What do you think about this phenomenon? And um, it kind of started, I would say, with uh, Ronald Reagan. We've seen in this particular election cycle a bunch of celebrity, I don't know if I'd call them politicians yet, but certainly celebrity politician wannabes test voter interest after Donald Trump's uh, four years of, uh, of celebrity politician victory, I would have to say. He won the presidency with no political experience prior. Um, so we've got people like uh, Jenner. We've got, uh, what's his name? Matthew McConaughey. Um Obviously, Arnold 
Schwarzenegger did it. Uh, Jesse Ventura did it. Remember when Jack Kemp uh, was vice presidential nominee? Who was that for? Dole? Was it Dole? Bob Dole? Yes, Dole. And everybody thought, oh, this, this he's so popular. You know, they're going to win. They didn't win, obviously. Um, what do you think about these celebrities turned politicians? Um, I like it. I'm good with it. Uh, here's the deal. Trump did not cause the chaos. The chaos caused Trump, if you really look at it. The, the, the fecklessness of the D.C. elites, the ignoring what the people wanted, the, you know, getting out there and saying, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, and then we elect them, and then they go do A, B, C. All that stuff of just not listening to the people is what put Trump in office. It was a collective. Oh, and then they pushed a really horrible candidate, Hillary Clinton, down our throat. And that was the that was a country's collective double bird F you we're not taking anymore. And that's what Trump was a result of the chaos of our politics. Jenner is going to be a result of the chaos in California because of the elite state politicians and the governor, Newsom not caring about anything, not because they live in their bubble behind their walls with their armed security. They don't see what we go through day to day. Uh, where I was working at today in uh, Cesar Chavez in LA, uh, there was a shooting today while I was at work, working two blocks down the street from me. Some guy got shot right there on the sidewalk. Cops, fire engines, helicopters, a whole nine yards. You know, an hour later, everything's gone. People are back to normal. That's what we're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis in these inner cities. And the elites don't see it. So Newsom gets recalled, or qualified for recall. We're going to have the election. Um, he's, hopefully he gets recalled. And, you know, the people in California are so fed up, I could easily see them putting in a Jenner type. I happen to personally like Jenner. I've looked at her, I look, I've looked at her um, platform, so to speak, what she has said. Like not 100%, obviously. But uh, but I like what she has to say. And to be honest with you, it's the best we're going to get in California. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, and you're absolutely right. I agree get. with you 100%. I, I remember early on in, when Trump, uh, right after Trump won in 2016, you know, liberals going crazy on Facebook. And I kept pointing out, and they don't want to hear it. I kept pointing out, this is your fault. Trump was elected yeah. because of the overreach by the Obama administration. Do you remember when the Obama administration basically forced down the American public's throat Obamacare, not a single Republican vote. And they're trying to do the same stuff again. They didn't lose their lesson, but they basically thumbed their nose at all the people that disagreed with them. And it was a lot of, I mean, it was half the country. The whole idea is that if you have legislation, something you want to get done, you keep moving it to the center until you get enough support from the other side that you can get it done. That's what compromise is. The only compromise the Democrats want is they want Republicans to compromise their principles. That's all they want. That's the only kind of compromise they're happy with. Yeah, I want the compromise is this. This is what we want. Agree with us. Thank yeah, you. That's right. Forget yeah. Compromise your principles and do what we want. That's all the compromise they want. Uh, who's this Rob Stutzman guy? Do you know this 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 name, Rob Stutzman? Oh, the uh, uh, yeah, I think I have. How about a, Daniel uh, Ketchell? Do you know who Daniel Ketchell is? Well, that rings a bell. Daniel Ketchell was our, chief of staff to Arnold Schwarzenegger when Arnold Schwarzenegger was governor. Okay. He said, this is what he said, and I find this interesting because Arnold Schwarzenegger was supposed to be a Republican.
But this Daniel Ketchell, who was his chief, chief of staff, said, I think people are looking, looking at you and that narrative of, quote, we just elected an outsider celebrity and it didn't work out for this country. We didn't get much done for the country. We were stressed out all of the time. Yeah, that's exactly what my reaction was. He's an idiot. No, he, he didn't get rich off of it. He was on the outs, so he's he's pissy because his gravy train ended. We got a lot done. I've made more money in my life than well, even, Donald Trump. I, yeah, I mean, so regardless I, of our personal experience of making money or not making money, the country as a whole, as a nation, was more secure and far better off after the four years of Donald Trump. So that's just hogwash. Well, three years of Donald Trump because the one year of COVID that the Democrats used right, that's true. to screw everything up. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, that was pretty bad. And, and that, that's this, on them. And that's this Rob Stutz, Stutzman uh, comes on. He's supposed to be a GOP consultant. And he says the key differences between uh, Jenner and Schwarzenegger are that Schwarzenegger was arguably the biggest movie star in the world. Was Schwarzenegger ever... The biggest movie star in the world. I don't think Arnold Schwarzenegger um, ever got to that level. Ever, ever, ever. I, I think some of his movies did quite well worldwide market-wise. I mean, he is a household name worldwide. Sure. Because but of being the Terminator. It's, you know, it's pop but, culture b- bubblegum. I mean, right. it's 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 pop culture fodder. He but he, he's, he was never, he, I, I don't think, ever the biggest movie star in the world. I don't think ever he reached, he reached no. Sly Stallone level. He's certainly not Tom Hanks level. He's not, uh, you know, no. Johnny Depp level. He, you know, there are a lot of, lot of people that are far more successful as actors than he was. I just thought that was a funny comment. <laughs> yeah, the biggest I, movie star in the world. Yeah, and again, these people are, are the ones that were on the outs when the nonconformist politician gets into office. Yeah. So the, their gravy train stops and then they get upset and they start. But, but because they have all these contacts and they're already in the media mill of talking heads, they get the, they keep getting the calls to come and say, you know, that Trump is horrible. And, you know, instead of saying I lost my gravy train because of Trump and then we all go, oh, now we get it. Yeah, now, okay. Al Pacino. that's right, KJ. KJ is asking Al Pacino. Much bigger actor. Uh, even even Robert De Niro, uh, super lib, lib, but certainly a bigger actor, more popular and better actor. I mean, Schwarzenegger was never a great actor. Um, I have another thing that I want to I want to share. I don't I don't go on Facebook much, um, but you should yesterday this. So this is a post from someone I'm friends with, uh, someone from Cooperstown. And the most important thing, you don't have to read this whole thing. I'll read the the important part. But it starts out by saying, I don't know about you, but I'm sick of listening to the members of the GOP that voted to give billion-dollar tax cuts, parentheses, our money, no less, and parentheses, to billionaires with with the empty promise of trickle-down effects. So I... I try not to comment on with, with local people because I don't want to create an animosity within the very tiny village I live in, but I couldn't help. I said, it's interesting. Since when does allowing people to keep the own, their own money, the money they worked for, in the form of a tax cut become spending your money? When did that happen? Because from what I can tell, these people earn the money. Taxes takes the money from them. So if you reduce their taxes, they're just keeping the money they earned. This isn't you. This isn't the government giving your money to them. What is wrong with people? How did how, this? This man is an intelligent man. He works for the ba- baseball Hall of Fame here in Cooperstown. 
How do people get so stupid? They're programmed, Jim. They're programmed. They 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 don't get outside their bubble, and they listen to their NPR with their okay. Before you go down they, that road, before they, before you go down that road, just narrow break this right down to the fact that this guy actually believes that a tax cut for somebody is the government giving his money or someone else's money to that person. The the, the number of things just, you, the number of things you have to process. That, therefore, you believe that all money is the government's money. You believe that all money is the taxpayer's money. Therefore, any money that anybody is allowed to keep is somehow cheating from somebody else. This is unbelievable to me. This is a level of socialistic thinking that I, I can't even fathom that anybody in this country with any all, intelligence could, could buy into. It's also jealousy and envy um, over someone being richer than them. Um, you know, the, the, maybe he's, you know, overextended his credit and he lives paycheck to paycheck, even though it, he has a good job. And he's looking over at the, the rich millionaire guy going, how come you get to get a tax cut night? I have to keep paying these bills. Well, because you mismanaged your money, buddy, and you're way in debt and that's on you. Uh, I mean, it could be a number of things. And it could just be, you know, JV, people are just programmed the way they're programmed and uh, they want to believe what they want to believe. And it's their, tri it's tribalism. I wanted to rip um, every sentence apart in this thing. And yeah. I wrote several replies before I settled on the one that I ended up sending because <laughs> I just, I, you know, this would have developed into a community fight. But the fact that he says that trickle down economics didn't work when Reagan touted it and it doesn't work now. It hell it sure did work when Reagan did it. We had the biggest economic boom in the history of the country. And I'll tell you what, George Bush, who was the president after Reagan and Bill Clinton, who was two terms after Bush, all benefited from Reagan's trickle down, quote unquote, economic policies. There's no question about it. Yep. And uh, if we didn't have COVID, we'd be going the same route like gangbusters. And, right Rand and Randall's absolutely right. Tax cuts do benefit the wealthy because they're the ones that are paying the taxes. So when you have a tax cut, the people paying those taxes are the ones that are going to keep more of the money. That's just the way it works. If you don't pay taxes, a tax cut doesn't give you any more money because you're not paying to begin with. So this is what this is what our government does to us, Congress. The tax the tax code is power. The tax code is money oh, yeah. to a congressman. It's, yeah. it's money into their coffers. It's money into their reelection campaign. It's money into their super PACs so that specific big companies with lots of money can bribe them in a legal way to get the laws passed that they want, the regulations passed or not passed that they want. Um, so it's, the Congress, a lot of Democrats and Republicans, they've, they're the ones that have done this to us middle class people because the tax code is so complicated, you have to – if you can hire more lawyers to go through it, a good a good enough tax lawyer will pay his wages and your savings easily. But me as a middle class guy, I can't afford the fifteen thousand dollars to hand over to a tax lawyer to go through my taxes. I also don't make enough money for that. But that's what they charge. I mean, it's a big dollar amount, and the rich can do that. And then they and they don't steal and cheat. They are using every code every tax law that's in there to their benefit, just as you would, like your buddy there in Cooperstown, if he could afford a lawyer, oh, I'm sure a he tax does. lawyer to go through. And do his, it's not a tax, it's would, just an accountant, Britt. It's not a tax lawyer. Tax lawyers don't do that. This or, is accountants. Yeah, you're right. So C, CPA, right? Yeah, or it doesn't even have to be a CPA. There are accountants that aren't CPAs, yeah. but that's all an accountant does. That's what their job is. And they work for the IRS, right. by the way. You need to be careful. Oh, oops. Um, well, we're going to give the IRS $80 billion so they can you know, go 
steal money from more the tax us, lawyers but, um, come in when if there's an audit or there's some type of you know if you get a demand right. of payment that the, the irs says oh you didn't calculate your numbers correctly and we did we, you we we say you owe us this that's when you need a tax lawyer right got it so but my point to all of that is is that the congress overcomplicating the tax system is why we're where we're at today and yeah. why people like your buddy there in Cooperstown looks at the rich and goes, why does he get the big tax break? Why did he like, why did the corporation, which uh, was it Amazon or something like that? One of them didn't pay any taxes. Well, the, the, I don't, uh, I, I get, tax. I guarantee you that that's some type of twisted information. I guarantee that's the fact, right. but it does happen. But it's because these big companies are investing in buying equipment. They can right. write it off. Matter. I mean, but that's the way the system is set up. That's right. So if you buy this tractor, you can do that. And, and the average person doesn't realize that. All they see is that is that uh, you know a uh, big farming company, uh, Walmart. They made seven point six billion dollar profit, but paid zero federal taxes. Well, they were able to write it off because they built nineteen stores and put five thousand people to work. You know, so the government made more money off of the individual payroll taxes than they did getting this measly little bit of money. For, you know what I'm saying? Right. So people don't think like that. They, they're, they're too linear. No, you're to absolutely right. The zero. And and then they go, but they're a big company. Why they pay zero? Well, look at all the other taxes they generated far more. So for right. that for that particular locality, it's better to give them that little tax break. So they build the store because okay, they make so more let, money. On let me get let, let me also add to that because you're right. Um if you look at somebody like Amazon, I don't know how many employees Amazon has. Uh, 50,000, 100,000, 2 million? I have no idea, but it's a lot. A lot of employees. Can someone chat check us on that, please? A lot of employees. Every one of those, for every dollar that every one of those employees makes, Amazon has to pay 7.65 cents into Medicare and Social Security. That's a tax. Every single dollar. You can't deduct anything against that. Every dollar they pay. They pay seven seven point six five cents to those taxes. Every facility that Amazon owns, they pay property taxes onto the local communities. Every single one. You know, there may be yep. some some local community that gave them a tax break to build something there, but because there's a benefit to the community if they build it there, there's you know a thousand jobs. Of course, they want them there. Yeah, and what? And how does that community make the money off those thousand jobs? This is this is where people stop thinking, right? Well, because when they're driving to work, they got to stop and get gas. They can buy something from the grocery store. They get the. Well, they all buy houses. They have to live somewhere. Yeah. They have to eat somewhere. They they pay property taxes on the houses they buy. Um, you know, so that's just there's there's the list of of taxes that's above and beyond or separate from income tax is long. It's a long list. So to suggest that those businesses somehow are not paying their fair share, you're right, Britt. The tax code is designed to encourage them to spend their money on investment, whether it's in human resources or in equipment. That's the way it's designed, because when they spend that money, they put other people to work and those companies benefit. And that's a good thing. So this is such yeah, a disingenuous seven, argument. Yeah, seven hundred and ninety eight thousand employees. Wow. Almost has. a million. Wow. That's a lot of employees times, you know, how many hours work times seven percent. It's a lot of money. Oh, yeah. And, yeah I mean, and then, and then the employee, what the employees pay in taxes. Right. And the, the employees match. The way it works with payroll taxes is you, met, you, you match what the employee employer pays. So both sides are paying 7.65%. And that, what's that add up to? 15.3% uh, um, total? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And that's that's and what payroll like, taxes are. And if you're like me, self-employed, sole proprietor. You got to pay both. I pay, 
I got to pay both, 15%. That's right. I have to pay. That's exactly right. I hate the government. Um, but, you know, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. But thank you, Gene, for the uh, for that research. That was awesome. We got to use chat more like that. Yeah, we do. They're pretty good. We do. Um, I can't believe this guy's yeah. still alive. Um, but Henry Kissinger oh, is okay. sounding the warning bells against China. He's saying that um, strains with China are the biggest problem for America, the biggest problem for the world even. He goes on to say the Soviet Union had no economic capacity. They had a military capacity, but no economic capacity. So they were not nearly the danger that China poses right now. True. One of the things that I had wished that the Trump administration had done, and they talked about these ideas a little bit, but they never really went after it. I suggest that instead of spending these trillions of dollars on these ridiculously stupid programs that Biden is suggesting, we take if we're going to spend money, if we're going to actually do that, let's take money and let's reinvest in an American industrial renaissance. Let's make it so attractive for businesses, particularly American businesses, to pull all of their manufacturing out of China and bring it back here. Regardless of how we have to do it, let's make it so attractive that they can't say no. We bring all of that manufacturing back here. What happens to China's economy? It tanks. They have no money. It tanks. And we become, again, the undisputed economic leader in the world. You know, Trump was doing that, right? To a degree. Yes. To a degree. But but it was bigger than that. Like like he broke up the, the... he backed us out of the Pacific, the Trans-Pacific Alliance, whatever that was, that compact mm-hmm. with all the Asian countries. And then he went back to each individual Asian country and we negotiated directly with them, directly with them, directly with them, not the big compact, which was run by China. And then what's happened in the medical field, particularly when we freaked out because we figured out all of our medical manufacturing was in China, the, the Trump federal government told these big, and I have a friend who's deep on the inside of the largest manufacturing of medical devices. Um, the medical companies started diversifying their factories to, to Philippines, to Taiwan. To, they still have stuff in China, but they but they spread it out amongst the several okay. different countries. I'm not talking about spreading it out. I'm talking about bringing it all here, bringing it back here. Make those factories work here. Do you think we have enough employees for that? Yes, I do. If, we, if it all came back? Well, I mean, they're not all going to come back on the same day. It's not like they're all going to come back on, you know, June 8th and all open their doors. Right. So this will take, this is 10 years of work probably. And it'll take, and, and, and you have to remember something, you know, many of these new factories are, are far more automated and, you know, so the, the labor requirements are less than they used to be. I, the, That's true. We can certainly, our workforce can certainly absorb it. And um, it would make us the undisputed economic powerhouse in the world again. It would cripple China. It would cripple China. Right. It well, would it would we make did- that them cease to be a threat in the world. Exactly, because they won't have the money. Right. So, but there's a critical tipping point that we're getting close to where they're because they are getting so much money from Pakistan and uh, India and other other countries. It's it's al- they're almost at a point where if we were to do something crazy like that, or if America was to blow up, uh, they would still ha- have enough inflow of cash to keep doing what they're doing. They're almost there. Well, they would have they would have significant business still, but they would not. They would they would lose. I don't know what the figure is. I, I don't know. Maybe it's thirty percent. I don't know. But that's a, a huge blow. Whatever it is, forty percent is whatever it is. They would lose enough. I mean, that's huge. That yeah. is 
huge. Plus, that comes here and that boosts our GDP, that boosts our tax revenues, that boosts our infrastructure. It does all the things that we're trying to do all of the time. It's well, called prosperity, did. and it would all come here. So they would drop, we would rise, it would be make that disparity huge again. Right. And we were doing that because we had Ford opened up two plants. We had uh, Foxconn come over with their iPhone making factory. They were gonna, they were opening the big factory because Trump was threatening to put tariffs on China stuff coming in to make it equal. So you might as well just build it here so you don't have the shipping cost. Um, and they were coming in, but now they're not. I mean, Ford, literally the factory that they just started, they moved right back down to Mexico. Well, not just Ford because I have an, a story here. GM has just announced it's uh, putting a billion dollar investment into a Mexican plant to build the electric vehicles that Joe Biden's going to send them wants to send them tax dollars to build. Yep. Yep, to Mexico. And they're going to do it in Mexico. Yep. They announced this yeah. the day after Biden gave his state of state of the union address and talked about building electric vehicles. The day after you know, they announced this. You know what you know what would have happened if we had mean tweeter in office, right? He would have called that GM and said, you build your fucking shit down there. It's not coming across our border. Right. <laughs> that's exactly what, that's what he said to Ford. Yep. Go ahead and move your factory down there. I will tear off the hell out of your cars so no one will buy them. And you, them know, here. you know how Biden is constantly saying, you know, um, unions built the middle class and he's, you know, he's really a pro-union guy and I'm not taking a stand on unions or not unions at this point, but the, but he is definitely a pro-union president. Uh, the president of the United Auto Workers, actually the vice president, said taxpayer money should not go to companies that utilize labor outside the U.S. while benefiting from American government subsidies. This is not the America that any of us signed on for. Frankly, it is unseemingly. This is the <laughs> vice president of the UAW pissed at Joe Biden. Yeah. Yep, and and uh, Trump really tried to court those guys and do. I mean, the the rank and file of the UAW loved Trump, and he brought them work. Uh, do Do you remember what Kamala told uh, told Joe in the debate? You will do whatever the whatever the Chinese tell you. <laughs> they gave your son over a billion dollars. Why do we forget about that? Well, that it, happened. This it actually happened. That may be the only thing that's ever come out of her mouth that a I agree with and b is accurate. So good for her. <laughs> there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I. I we had the best man in office to deal with this tariff stuff and because he understood it all and he understood the power of the the art of the deal so to speak i mean he he was not afraid to get in their face and you know be a, a be a typical queens new yorker and those those people those of the countries they don't know what the hell to do with that they're oh my god give what he wants he's scaring me and that was good for us Janice in chat point. says, I don't want an electric car. The power grid goes out again and people will be trapped. Um, we've often talked about on this program anyway, you know, this this idea that people think that, oh, well, they're so clean. They're so this, they're so that. But they have to get power from somewhere. Somebody's got to create that power and um, somebody has got to do something with the batteries that are toxic after these cars are retired, et cetera, et cetera. But here's something that I find interesting. A new study says that 20% of people who switch to an electric car want to go back to a gas car. Yeah, and, and what was the reason for that, did it say? There are several re reasons. Um, the biggest charge is that, the, the, the biggest hurdle is that the charging um, is a pain in the neck. It's really, really difficult. Uh, they also say that, um, Men seem to want to go back to gas-powered vehicles more often than women do. I'm not sure why. 
Uh, what else? There, most car, most um, most households don't have the appropriate equipment for charging at home. I don't necessarily think that's a good reason because that'll change if they continue this move. But they're just saying they're not happy with them. They don't have the range. They don't have the the you know the same conveniences that a gas powered vehicle has, and they're just not happy. So one in five are going back. Uh, and I would suggest that the most of the four of the other five, well, most of the other four of five are probably radical liberals because those are most of the people that are buying uh, electric cars at this point. And, uh, you know, they wouldn't admit if they're wrong anyway. So that's true. That is true. And also, you know, all, all that stuff you read makes sense. But here's the other part of it, too. If you go one layer deeper down the rabbit hole, are you OK with slave labor? You're obviously okay with slave labor if you're buying electric cars because that's where all the cobalt comes from the batteries. Right. It's all or the lithium. I'm sorry. That is all slave labor in, in China cobalt. and child and child labor. So it's not a very clean way. It's not. It's not this utopia. I mean, we think it's a utopia here in America because we have the finished product that's so right. clean. But on the other side of the world, they're polluting twice as much as. A petroleum product. Doug made a good point here. He said Louisiana is having problems getting workers back because they're making more on unemployment than actually working for a check. That's happening all over the country. And that was one of the things that the Republicans over the summer were arguing about. They said you cannot create a situation where people can make more money by not working than they can by working. And Democrats went and did it. And now we're paying the price for that. <laughs> They're such idiots. Yeah. Democrats are just uh, so stupid. It is unbelievable. Uh, None of them have a brain that works, I think. I want to, speaking of that, we got this, we got this moron in office too. Um, Whitmer. What is her name? Whitmer. Whitmer. Governor Whitmer. Governor Whitmer, who not only uh, is just, is just the biggest hypocrite on the planet saying that you can't travel. Turns out she was spent uh, uh, some time in Florida uh, after telling people that they couldn't go to Florida. Um, she just announced her plan for allowing people to get back to normalcy. And the way she's doing this is she's come up with this, this formula. She said, our path to vaccinating 70% of Michiganders of, that are 16 years older and up will, t will, be, will gradually get us back to normal while keeping people safe. And here's the breakdown that she's offered us, or not us, but Michiganders. When 55% of Michiganders become vaccinated, she will allow in-person work for all sectors of business. When 60% of all Michiganders have been vaccinated, she will allow indoor capacity at sports stadiums, conference centers, banquet halls, and funeral homes uh, to increase to 25%. Capacity at exercise facilities and gyms will increase to 50%. And the curfew on restaurants and bars will be lifted. That's at 60% vaccinations. At 65% vaccinations, all indoor capacity limit percentages will be lifted, requiring only social distancing between parties. Limits on residential social gatherings will be further relaxed. That's at 65%. At 70%, gathering and face mask orders will be lifted. And the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services will no longer employ broad mitigation measures unless unanticipated circumstances arise, such as the spread of vaccine-resistant variants. Who the hell does she think she is? This is this is it's one thing to have emergency powers for a week, two weeks, you know, little window. This has been over a year. She thinks she's a czar. Yeah. She thinks she's a freaking um, yeah. 
dictator of Michigan. Yep. And she's surrounded by people that say, yes, 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 do it. You're great. You're great. You're great. Uh, it's insane. It's insane that she, the, the level of. Go ahead. I was just going to say, she also said, and I find this, I just want to punch her in the face. Whitmer said it is a, quote, very real possibility that she and President Joe Biden will authorize citizens to celebrate the 4th of July without restrictions. Yeah. Has she not looked around? We're doing it anyways. What type of arrogance does a politician have when they they say something? It's a very real possibility that she and Joe Biden will authorize, will authorize citizens to celebrate the 4th of July holiday without restrictions. Yeah, that's the, uh, and here's the other thing. Here's my authorization, Whitmer. Yeah, exactly. And here's the other thing. This is a female doing this. Everybody says, oh, if a female ran things, it would be better. (laughs) It's just as bad. It's just as bad. It's about power. It's not about sex. No, there are good and bad men and good and bad women when it comes to politicians, for sure. Yeah, totally. I just, oh, God dang, how did we get to this point in America? I know, but what do you think about this guy? I hate this guy. Oh, he is such a douche. He is one of the biggest douches on the planet. John Kerry was a senator. He then turned into Secretary of State, screwed that up, leaves, you know, during the Trump administration, comes back as climate czar, Walks around is one of the biggest hypocrites on the face of the planet. Turns out he's been receiving millions of dollars, millions of dollars in annual salaries by consulting and working with energy companies, finance companies, all of the types of companies that are going to be influenced by any type of climate legislation and restrictions. John Kerry has been paid millions of dollars from these very very companies, it's insane. the the ultimate The ultimate in hypocrisy. The ultimate in snobbery. He is the king of oh Muffy, we're making some tea and crumpets, Muffy. We gotta we yeah, gotta but, fire but he doesn't have any. He, he's he's that without without the sophistication, without the class. Yeah, he's more like the Muffy. <laughs> he's more like a Forrest I mean, Gump type. You know, Thurston Howell was kind of had some some swagger, swagger to him. You know, this yeah. guy is just a buffoon. He had a $5 yeah. million dollar annual salary from Bank of America. Yeah, that, that, that's insane. That makes me want to stand up and punch something. Oh, my God. It's crazy. Yeah, I, and then the crazy thing is he got to start by marrying a rich lady. Yeah. He's riding on the wings of a rich lady. Yep. You know, and then once you get to that level, they, they just start throwing money at you. The rich take care of the rich. Yeah, I've got – I mean, this the list of things that he's been involved in is crazy. And for him to be making any kind of policy – is just is a complete conflict of interests. Um, but, you know, yeah. this, this is the way it seems to go anymore. Lurch. He's definitely oh. Lurch. Definitely Lurch. Oh, absolutely. I think they modeled Lurch after him. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yep. One of the things that's that's uh, happening, which I find really, really interesting and curious, is that is that we're hearing more and more about UFOs from the government. And this kind of crosses over into... Uh, my other program, Beyond Reality, we talk about it all the time, but um, there are significant figures from the Pentagon and elsewhere that are saying we can't do a thing to stop UFOs. It could be America's biggest spy failure since 9-11. That warns, and that's from a, a warning from an ex-Pentagon investigator saying that UFOs are flying over the U.S. and the military doesn't know what, they're, what they are or who's behind them. 
and they also admit they can't stop them. Um, Louis El, um, um, Elizondo, who is a very well-known figure in this particular discussion, he headed up the Secretive Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, which is ATIP. He told uh, a newspaper reporter that strange provoc prov uh, provocations have been reported in many different places and seen on many different uh, video um, footage. He said that uh, they're real. This is really happening. And he said, the question now is, what are they? And that's the answer they don't have yet. They don't know what they are. And they're, so therefore, they don't know what to do with them. They don't know if these are terrestrial. They don't know if they're alien. They don't know if what they are. Um, but it is concerning enough that... Um, that the military is starting to take this very, very ser seriously. Just very recently, there was a really bizarre uh, footage of a um, a triangular-shaped UFO over, um, what was it, over a destroyer? I don't remember. It was over something military. I don't remember specifically. Uh, the triangular thing was the, wasn't that the flyby at the space station? Maybe. No, 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 no. It was no, on the no, space no. station. No. It was on, I was on Earth. Oh, it was? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I know that the space station had something, too. Uh, that showed up on the feeds and they immediately cut the feed. Yeah, they do that a lot as well. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's a, there's, there's a lot. Ah. There's, I mean, I, the funny thing is, is that when you start to see the, you know, the mainstream media cover this, which I have a lot more recently, they're talking about it a lot. You know, there's something, there's something there. They're prep. They're, they're, they're preparing the battlefield. They're right. Preparing exactly. us mentally to accept it when it happens and not freak out like war of the worlds type thing. Exactly. Um, which you know, in our country, in America, for the most part, we'll be fine. But the we'll be the, fine. Uh, third world. Well, I mean, I mean, we, we're not going to lose our shit like the third world countries will lose their shit. Oh, because, you're just talking about how we'll react to the to the news. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, the reaction. Yeah. I mean, the bot. Um, you know, it was a destroyer. Yeah, it said it was falling for days. Yeah, it was a destroyer, Navy destroyer. Yeah, that's, that's they, they, that was they, compelling they, footage. Did you see it? Uh, is it the triangle one or the? Yeah, uh, the triangle the, one. I don't think uh, I don't think I, did you just play it. What I didn't play it. No. Did you just no no okay no yeah I haven't seen the triangle one. I, I saw the the, the pill shaped one. Yeah, the tic tac one. Yeah, the tic tac one. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, it's crazy. The crazy shit. So this is a John Hopkins report on COVID uh, crunching the data. This is only about a week old now. Um, and uh, within this thing, within this, uh, this is a an actual study of uh, with all current data. This is John Hopkins Hospital. I mean, a reputable hospital. And they're studying the vaccine and the vaccinated people. And the important part that came out of this thing is the emerging data confirms what many of us thought would be the case, that not only do the vaccines stop symptomatic COVID, but they also make it highly unlikely that someone can even be infected at all. So basically, the vaccines are working as they're supposed to. So why the hell are we still locked down? Why do I, as a vaccinated person, have to wear a mask? Why do I, as a vaccinated person, uh, have to social distance? And the vaccines are working as they should, but yet these governors like Whitman, Whitmer, Whitmer. Whit, Whit, Whitmer. Witch Hunt, um, are still trying these well, draconian... This is the uh, this is the the question, and and Tucker Carlson's been asking it almost every night, and he takes heat, and I don't understand the criticism. This is a very legitimate and sincere question, and there's if 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 there's nothing to be concerned about here, they should be able to answer it. But the question is exactly as you put: if we're if if people get vaccinated, and the vaccination is you know high nineties uh, percent effective, then why the hell can't we get back to normal? 
right? Nobody, they don't want us back. nobody will answer that question. And that, that is a fundamental question that anyone, if they were being honest about all of this, would be able to answer very easily. And no one is answering it. Why no. are they still wearing masks? Why did everybody in that, in that, uh, in the uh, state of the union address have a mask on? They're all vaccinated and they're all distanced. They're all they're all vaccinated. They're all distanced, and they're all they were all checked for COVID with the Insta test. Yeah. So they all it's all show. It's show fear power. Show fear power. And I believe it was Ted Cruz said that he was for the only way that he could be in there is if he wore a mask. Yeah. The um, um, I just want to before this scrolls by, uh, Roseanne mentioned in in relationship to the UFO discussion that they're doing it as a distraction from the Arizona recount. I wouldn't doubt if this is a distraction at all. I would not d- doubt that at all. Um, I also did want to. Uh, where is it? Steph said they they say because the virus mutates. Well, if that's the case, if, in fact, the uh, the vaccination isn't enough and we have to continue to socially distance and wear masks because the virus mutates, then we're never going to go back to normal ever. That's what they want, JV. That's the goal. Well, keep us locked down. Keep us on permanent government assistance, money, you know, UBI, universal basic income. Uh, and you'll be happy. Come remember, on, chat. Remember Come that, on, chat. Come on, chat. <laughs> remember that. Uh, now you maybe forget what I was going to say, you <laughs> bastard. Um, never let a good crisis go to waste. This yeah. is what they want. They want us. They want us hooked on the government. Uh, there's a part of the uh, part of the uh, economic forums. Uh, great reset is that in the future you will own nothing and you will be happy. Right. I mean that's the whole point. You will own nothing and you'll means we'll, oh, that's we Marxism. Give you everything. It's Marxism. Yeah. And no, we won't be happy because because humans need meaning. We need a reason to go out and work and earn that dollar to buy that thing to provide for the family. To we need that we need that meaning, and we don't get that when it's provided. When are we? When is when is the international community going to actually hold China responsible for what they've unleashed on the world? When is that going to happen? It's not going to happen. China. That should be another reason we go with the American uh, industrial revival plan that I'm going to outline. It's going to be my platform when I run for president in a few years. Okay, cool. A few years. Do it tomorrow. Well, I can't. There's no election tomorrow. Oh, well, let me start running tomorrow. (laughs) Then we can start raising money. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, I, I... yeah, it's just a big, it's a big scam and it's, it's all about power and what they want. They want to march us down, keeping us pent up and keeping us lazy. Like who was it that said, was it Doug or Scooter that said about they can't hire people because they're making more money on unemployment. Yeah. Someone said that in chat. Well, I mean, yeah, well, that's why I talked about it. Cause I was quoting the, we we're talking about you were here yeah, for that. I mean, was I, are yeah. you sure? You, it was before you had to go pee. You were here. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean that, I mean, that's, that's the best way to keep, to keep people. Once people realize they can vote, they vote themselves money. They will. And that's what we figured out through the certain politicians. I'm voting myself money not realizing what they're doing for their, their kids and their grandkids. I mean, I feel I've used kids. this quote before, Britt. You, you may have forgotten about it, but I'm going to use it again. Alexis de Tocqueville said, the American Republic will endure until the day Congress discovers that it can bribe the public with the public's money. Yep. And he was absolutely, absolutely right. Absolutely. 100%. That should be a t-shirt slogan. Yeah, we should we should come up with the uh, Independence Gang line of t-shirt quotes, you know, quoted t-shirt yeah. quotes. Thing. Quote T-shirts, I guess is how you'd say it. All right, well, I'm out of stuff. Um, we've been gabbing for over an hour and a half here. Yeah, I don't. Uh, 
The only last thing I have to clear my deck is this little tweet right here. Robbie Starbuck, who is actually running for Congress, um, made an observation. It's just interesting that Democrats forget that it was their party who started the KKK, defended slavery, started the Civil War, imposed segregation, supported the Jim Crow laws, fought civil rights acts in the 50s and 60s, and threw Japanese Americans into the camps. And they call us the racists. I mean, it's amazing. How, fact. It's amazing how a party can completely ignore its history and uh, pretend to champion something that all throughout that history it completely didn't champion, and that is civil rights. It was Republicans that were not just essential, but were the motivators and the sponsors of legislation that brought about every single civil rights legislation for civil rights progress in the history of the country, starting with the Emancipation Proclamation by Abraham Lincoln, which freed the slaves. The Republicans are responsible for all of them because Republicans believe in freedom for everybody. That's the difference here. Republicans actually believe this stuff. So when you call them racist because they, you know, whatever, it's the pot calling the kettle black because it's the Democrats that are the racist. We saw what happened with Tim Scott. How can Uncle you Tim, they were calling him. How can you attack this man if you're truly uh, you know anti-racist? I don't the disingenuity here is just it's on full display. It's on full display. Yeah, and then Twitter let it uh, let Uncle Tim uh, show as a trend for like several hours. And they would have let it go go even further if, if people weren't starting to call him out on it. And then they realized, yeah. oh, well, we better stop this or we'll be, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll realize how hypocritical we are. Yeah. I mean, they wouldn't yeah, have given exactly. a shit at all. They would have let it go unchecked completely. No, they're the biggest racists. And and, and, you're absolutely, and, they, and they want to use racism as a tool moving forward. They want to punish certain groups for what they believe are those groups' sins, and they do it based on race. How is that not racism? It's exactly the same thing. That's the difference between Republicans and Democrats. We don't want anybody to suffer because of the color of their skin, and everybody should have the same opportunity, regardless of the color of their skin. It's not a hard concept, and it's we were working pretty well with that up until the um, last couple of years with these groups like Antifa and BLM. It's crazy. Yeah, totally. And, and I think I think Denise just called you a uh, racist for saying the pot's on the kettle. <laughs> exactly. Black. You can't do that. Yes, I it's know. You can't. Yeah, and, and you're right, Randall. How does a racist nation elect Barack Obama? We're not racist. That is the biggest fallacy. And they use it, as Britt said, for political power. And that's the only reason. And that's why when they turn around and start call Tim Scott names or Clarence Thomas names or um, you know, pick ben any Carson. six, uh, uh, Candace Owens, Ben Carson, you know, Larry Elders, Tom yep. Soul, all of them. When they, when they turn around and start pointing fingers at them and calling them names, it just, just demonstrates that race isn't really what they're talking about. It's the political ideology. Is. It's ideal ideology. If you're the right ide ideology, you're in the protected class. If you're not, you're, you're a racist. Condi Rice is another one. That's right. Randall. Yep. Condi Rice got hammered. There's so many, you know, that's the thing that they're, there are so many African-Americans or other minorities who are conservative thinkers who are under attack by the left. 
because it's not about race. Racism is not about race to them. Racism is, is about political ideology. And it's also about yep. uh, anti-Western culture and success. Yeah. The Marxists have basically really taken over the, the leftist movement. They really have. The, organ, the, the Soros-funded, organized, China-funded, um, Marxist, communist, whatever, to destroy us from within. I mean... Yeah, and Brendan, you're right about that. Um, it all started to really change in 1965 with uh, LBJ's Great Society. It's when that's when we moved to a welfare state, and and as we've pointed out earlier, it broke down the uh, the African American family structure, made them dependent, and made them having uh, you know children without a family structure to support those children, and uh, it really started the the downward spiral um, for much of what we're talking about. And here we sit. And here we sit. But we're going to end the show because now we're just mumbling and staring. So that's just, never a good two, sign for a program. Just two guys on the internet complaining. We've done enough of it. That's for sure. Make sure that if you're new to the program, if you've, you're just joining us for the first time, you please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also, remember, we have backup channels in case uh, we have a sudden disappearance from this YouTube channel. And that would be on Twitch. Where else? We're on uh, Twitch. We're on uh, Rumble. Rumble. And, and podcasts. And the podcast version of the show, which is available through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Spotify, and other places too. That's growing very nicely too. And we're really not we're really not focusing on promoting it, but podcast listeners are seeming to enjoy the program after the fact. But thank you everyone for taking time out of your Sunday night and joining us. We'll be back tomorrow night. I'm not sure who our guest panelists are going to be tomorrow night. Any preference? Actually, don't answer that question. Don't answer that question. <laughs> I almost made that mistake, what, last week or two weeks ago? <laughs> because we like them and love them all. All. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. Britt, what's two plus two? Seven. <laughs>